Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Monday, December 12th, and this is People Every Day. Well, hello there, everyone. Janine Rubenstein back with you. And all I can say is Jennifer Coolidge is everything. We're, of course, going to do a quick recap of all things The White Lotus and the Golden Globe noms are officially out. We'll be talking about snubs, favorites, predictions, all of it. Lots to get to this here Monday. So here we go. Diddy is a new daddy. On Saturday, hip-hop mogul Sean Diddy Combs took to Twitter to announce the birth of his baby girl, Love Sean Combs. Diddy has most recently been romantically linked to City Girls rapper Young Miami, who he has been spotted out with in recent weeks. As far as the mother of his new child, he did not identify the woman in his post. The I'll Be Missing You singer is already a father to six children who range in age from 15 to 31. And recently he opened up about the importance of focusing more on his family. Just last year, he shared how he became closer with his daughters during the pandemic after the loss of their mother, Kim Porter. Diddy said at the time, quote, I lost the mother of my children and the time that my kids and I were sequestered together, it helped me to make up for all those years I was on tour and to get closer to my family. For me, it's been a blessing, but really using the time to become a better father and a better person. Well, last month, the Grammy Award winner spent the Thanksgiving holiday with his daughters, helping feed around 3,000 people from Miami's homeless community through the caring place at the Miami Rescue Mission. It certainly seems like Diddy has a special bond with his children and that his new daughter, Love, will be surrounded by plenty of love. Congrats to the Combs family. Sherelle Griner and wife Brittany Griner have finally been reunited. Over the weekend, Sherelle made her first Instagram post since Brittany returned home stateside. The caption read in part, quote, Yesterday, my heart was made whole thanks to the collective efforts of many. I'm humbled by their hearts to care for another, a stranger to some, a friend to some, is humanity in its purest form. As BG and I start our journey to heal our minds, bodies, and spirits, I wanted to personally say thank you to some of the hands, seen and unseen, that helped make it possible for me to see my wife again. Sherelle went on to thank the Biden-Harris administration and shared a collage of photos highlighting all of the support she and Brittany received during the last several months. Photos included marches and demonstrations in the streets, uh, murals of Brittany painted in public places, pictures with Gail King, other WNBA stars, Jesse Jackson, Whoopi Goldberg, and the list just goes on and on. Again, just so incredibly happy that Brittany has been returned home. I'm wishing the entire Griner family all the best as they continue to heal in happiness. All right, you guys, it's time to turn our attention to the show that literally everyone I know has been talking about, The White Lotus. Its finale aired last night, and it had some of the best one-liners that any show has had all year. Buongiorno, my dear listeners, who is ready to take a trip to Sicily. 
pack your bags and let's get going because there's gelato to eat, wine to drink, and the White Lotus season two finale to talk about. Romances ended, romances were rekindled, and I predict we are going to see a bunch of Emmy nominations for this show again next year. Throwing out a spoiler alert if you haven't watched yet because we're about to get into the details of this final episode. Joining me now is People Editor, Dave Quinn. Hey, Dave. Welcome back to the show. Ciao, ciao. I am in mourning over that finale. (laughs) I am so upset. Well, let's dive in. The moment everyone is talking about is when Jennifer Coolidge's character, Tanya, is revealed to not only be the killer, she was also one of the people who died. Yep. She went on a shooting rampage on Quentin's yacht, killing him and everyone on there, except the captain and one other partygoer. So, Dave... How shocked were you when this happened? And remind us, what led up to this moment? Okay, I was so shocked and so angry. I think creator Mike White is likely in witness protection now because the fans are so devastated by this loss. (laughs) But Tanya, just like I had said on Friday's episode, had been in this situation where she's starting to put the pieces together that Quentin, her new gay best friend, seems to have had a relationship with her husband, Greg, and that Greg told them to come to Sicily and that she might be set up. And it dawned on her that if she dies, her prenup is invalid and Greg will get her entire fortune. So she starts to figure it out. And as I think she says in the episode, these gays are trying to kill me. (laughs) And then makes the decision kind of bravely to steal the gun of the mobster who is planning on taking her out, and she guns them all down. It was absolutely wild. Just when you think that she's going to escape, she tries to jump off the yacht into a smaller you know, uh, boat to get herself to shore and hits her head, and that's what does her in. I mean, Mike White has said in interviews over and over again that Jennifer Coolidge is kind of going to be the the through line for all of these shows because he loves working with her. He loves the character so much. So he lied. He, t- he totally threw us off the tracks. But again, you look back and he did some really smart things. There's an episode where they look back at the Godfather in that scene where the wife is famously, you know, in blown Sicily up. And yeah, blown up in, the, in car. the car. Well, Jennifer Coolidge's character in the finale is wearing the exact same dress as that wife. And he said in a in a post credit sort of featurette that Tanya had said in the first season that death was the only experience she hadn't had yet and that this whole season was kind of her journey to death. I can't wait to go watch it over again. Well, fans also had a lot to say about Portia, Tanya's assistant. She not only survived this trip, but seemingly will get together with Albie, who was scammed by Lucia. So what did you make of all of that storyline? I I definitely thought that Albie was going to die. He didn't die. He got he got messed up a little. You know, he got screwed over a little bit. She took all his money, essentially, and she totally walked away happy as can be. Last season of The White Lotus, it seemed that all of the help ended up really miserable. So I thought that was very interesting. I mean, it was wild to see Albie and Portia possibly come back together. I wonder whether we'll see them next season. Another major moment last night was Harper and Ethan rekindling their romance, but this didn't happen until after Ethan accused Harper of cheating on him with Cameron. And when Ethan told Daphne about it, there's a chance those two may have hooked up. Like, what? Yeah, I was absolutely shocked to see that happen. It really does seem that that Daphne 
and Ethan did something. And what I love about Mike White's writing so much is that he leaves it open-ended for you to really figure it out yourself. But they walked off to that remote island and it was very clear that something went down there that shifted Ethan's perspective where he came back and kind of let go of all of the anger and resentment that he had towards Harper. I personally think that Cameron and Daphne have probably the healthiest relationship of them all. They seem to practice the opposite of jealousy, which is compersion, that feeling of being you know, excited for somebody when they're achieving something great. I liked them. And I think in the end, we're supposed to look at their relationship and say, there may be some jealousy there that they need to still work through, but that this is kind of a good model for where to move forward. Well, before I let you go, let's talk about Mia and Valentina, the hotel manager. This was a tangent that I I wasn't expecting. (laughs) What I loved about it was that Valentina found this beautiful sexual awakening and understood a part of herself that she maybe hadn't in a way that was really sweet. Mia was there for her to enter her into that environment, but said to her, you should probably find a lesbian. Like, I'm happy to continue hanging out with you, but let's like introduce you to someone great. And it really shifted things for Valentina, you know, and Mia got her happy ending in the end by getting that job as the musician at the White Lotus. Season one, again, all about riches. Season two, all about sex. It's going to be very interesting to see where (laughs) Mike White goes in season three. That's season two of The White Lotus, you guys. We cannot wait for season three. Dave, thanks for stopping by and breaking it all down with me. Arrivederci. Well, The White Lotus isn't the only TV show out there making headlines. The Golden Globe nominations were announced earlier today. And coming up, we break down the films and the TV series that were shown some love and which ones got the cold shoulder. But first, are you guys ready for part two of Harry and Meghan? The trailer for the second half of the docuseries is out. And after the break, we get into what's in store for the next wave of royal drama. We'll be right back. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Hi, I'm going to whisper some things to you now about crunch chocolate bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with crunch. I wonder what would have happened to us had we not got out when we did. Our security was being pulled. Everyone in the world knew where we were. I said, we need to get out of here. That right there is from the new trailer highlighting Netflix's next installment of Harry and Meghan. And we are back and ready to dive into all of it. So we all watched how they met and got intimate details of their love story and Meghan's whirlwind fish-out-of-water introduction to royal life. Now, in this next phase of the docuseries, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex are taking viewers behind the scenes into what led them to distance themselves from that royal life and the royal family that comes with it. Harry focuses on the 
level of press intrusion he believes the couple suffered as working members of the royal family. And in the trailer, he claims that he and Meghan were treated far differently than brother Prince William, all of which led to their decision in February of 2020 to step away from their royal duties. They were happy to lie to protect my brother. They were never willing to tell the truth to protect us. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. The rogue royals. They just wanted to be free. Meghan Markle also appears to open up about what it was like experiencing this firsthand. I wasn't being thrown to the wolves, I was being fed to the wolves. The next volume of the series focuses on everything Harry and Meghan went through to get where they are today, a husband and wife, a mother and father, trying to raise a family and make the world a better place. All while, you know, escaping all of the undue scrutiny, misogyny, racism, and all of the invasions of privacy they say they went through. Ah, I am just so nervous and excited to hear what juicy details they have for us this week. The second part of the series drops this Thursday, December 15th. And of course, you know, we'll be here to break it all down for you. I can't wait. The 80th annual Golden Globe nominations were announced this morning by Mayan Lopez and Salinas Leva from NBC's Lopez versus Lopez on the Today Show. The nominations were the most anticipated since the award show is coming back for the first time to an audience on television in two years following multiple scandals surrounding the Hollywood Foreign Press Association who's behind the show. There is still a lot of speculation as to whether or not Hollywood will show up and show out for its formerly big, big night. Since the Golden Globes celebrate the best in film and television, we are excited to have with us today two people who excel in those fields, EW's award correspondent, Dave Carger, and People's senior TV editor, Brianne Heldman. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, Janine. Well, Dave, for those who may not be familiar with why the Globes have not been around for the last couple of years and the controversy surrounding it, can you tell us what happened? Well, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, HFPA as they're called, who vote on the Golden Globes, they've always been a little bit of an oddball, kooky organization. But they also had some power because of this NBC telecast that they had for the Golden Globes. So the stars kind of thought they were bizarre, but they still participated in their press conferences and went to the show. But then there was this expose about a year and a half ago in the LA Times that revealed that there were no black members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association out of their 90 or so members at that time. Plus, there were just some shady business practices that were going on. So this led to all this whole big scandal where Tom Cruise returned his three Golden Globes that he's won over the years. Brendan Fraser, who's a nominee this year, announced that he was allegedly groped by one of the HFPA members during a lunch about 20 years ago. So he said he's not going to participate. But I did talk to some friends of mine who are PR professionals. And the general consensus is that the HFPA has made some necessary changes. They've doubled their membership. They've added a lot of diversity. They've cleaned up their act. Are they perfect? No. And they probably never will be. But I do get the sense that a lot of people who were nominated for Golden Globes this morning are going to come, particularly the, the up-and-coming ones, because this is a big deal to be on that NBC telecast. Is it going to be as star-studded and party atmosphere as it's been in the past? No, it's not. But I do anticipate the majority of the nominees to be there Got it. Well, Brianne, we spent an entire block of our show today speaking about <laughs> The White Lotus, and it did receive some love today. But what were the television shows that you were kind of confused got the nomination and others that you were happy about? <laughs> well, 
The White Lotus picked up four nominations. Abbott Elementary led the pack with five. But I I was a little confused why F. Murray Abraham got that nomination for the White Lotus. Look, he's great. But it felt like, oh, we've got to nominate the old guy to me. I don't think it was a standout performance at all. But I was happy to see Jennifer Coolidge and Aubrey Plaza got nominations. I think... Megan Fahey got a snub because she was amazing. I was so excited, though, to see Wednesday get some love. I was not totally expecting that. And I especially wasn't expecting to see Jenna Ortega get a nomination for Best Actress. I want to see her get an Emmy nomination. She deserves it. I'm also so excited, of course, to see The Bear, which was my number one favorite show of the year, get a nomination as well as Jeremy Allen White for Best Actor as well. Another one that really confused me, though, I was fine, happy, great, not surprised at all to see House of the Dragon get some nominations. But the one that really kind of was a head-scratcher for me is Emma Darcy got a nomination for Best Actress. Now, they are amazing, but they split that role with Millie Alcock. Millie Alcock played the same character in the first five episodes. I was happy to see Sebastian Stan and Lily James get nominations for Pam and Tommy. I really did think they were amazing performances, but again, a head scratcher. I thought Seth Rogen was the weakest point of Pam and Tommy, and he got one too. Mm-hmm. And then we, we were kind of expecting Evan Peters with, with Monster. No shock there. It really, no shock. regardless of how you feel about that show, whether it should have existed, whether it was too long, Evan Peters' performance is standout. Got it. Well, Dave... The Brendan Fraser of it all. Let's go into the movie space for you. Before the nominations, Brendan was very clear that he would not be attending the Golden Globes because of all of those reasons that you brought up. But knowing he wouldn't come, he was still nominated. Were you surprised to see that? I mean, Brendan Fraser is, along with Colin Farrell, the frontrunner for the overall Oscar win for Best Actor this year for his performance in The Whale. If they had not nominated him, they would have looked ridiculous. The question is, are they going to give him the award knowing that he's not going to mm. come? I think it's between him and Austin Butler, who played Elvis so brilliantly. They like yeah. when young actors play rock icons because Taron Edgerton won for Rocket Man. I wouldn't be surprised if Austin Butler wins for the reason that you're saying. But there's no way they could have ignored Brendan Fraser's performance in The Whale just because it's getting so much attention. There is so much television to consume. It feels just crazy. Do you think just the massive amount of content available is making it more difficult for award shows these days to identify the right performances versus what is popular? That's a really interesting question. I think... They are swayed by what is popular because I think most people are. They're going to watch the thing that everyone's talking about. I mean, to the Globe's credit, they did expand and actually add some TV categories this year. They used to not give awards for supporting actor or supporting actress in the TV categories. Now, at least they've, they've divided that up. They've added four more categories. There's so, so much. The volume is crazy. My my rule of thumb is just watch all the trailers. If something's interesting, give it two episodes. Pilots have a lot to accomplish mm-hmm. and you can start to figure it out after two. Well, lastly, I-, I wanted to get your take on films, Dave, especially Top Gun Maverick. Tom Cruise, not nominated, but Avatar, most people haven't seen that at all, and it's receiving a ton of nominations. So what are your takes on just the nominated films and the nominated film stars and how that shook out this year? 
Well, if you look at the marquee category at the Globes, which is best drama motion picture, it's Avatar, Elvis, The Fablemans, Tar, and Top Gun. I do think The Fablemans is going to win the Golden Globe. It's a very kind of Golden Globe type of movie. And then I think The Banshees of Inisherin, which had the most nominations of any movie with eight. But you mentioned Top Gun. I think as the next couple of months progress... Top Gun is going to rise to the top along with the Fablemans because the Golden Globes don't have the technical categories like editing, cinematography, sound, things like that, that Top Gun is going to excel in. So Mm. as the season goes on, and particularly when the Oscar nominations come out, I do think Top Gun Maverick will get something like six Oscar nominations. And I think the Academy is going to want to acknowledge something like Top Gun Maverick, which really single-handedly saved the theatrical movie-going business. Well, thank you both so much for being here and walking us through all of this. We will be able to watch it all unfold on Tuesday, January 10th on NBC, when Gerard Carmichael takes the stage to host the ceremony. It's going to be an interesting one for sure. Last but not least, it's Monday. It's cold out there. The days are short. The nights are long. With everything going on with the holidays and the year winding down, it's easy to feel, you know, a little drained or even feel like you haven't been as productive as you'd like to be, which is why a video of a little girl giving a pep talk has been making the rounds. It's exactly what you need to hear on a Monday. Hey, everybody. It's your favorite time. Time for the quote of the day. Sometimes you just have to stop being scared and go for it. It will work out or it won't, but that's your life. Bye. I mean, she's 100% right. Worrying won't get you anywhere. You just have to do it. So maybe that's hitting the gym or, or knocking out some chores you've been putting off. Or, you know, maybe looking to make a big life change. Just do it. I believe in you. And like she said, whatever it is, it will work out or it won't. But that's life. <laughs> well, that's our show for today. Thanks for starting your week with us. And I'll talk to you all again tomorrow right here on People Every Day. <laughs> 